hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another Sunday Afternoons with Reverend Lucretia. I'm so glad you're here. And so the name of today's talk is Set Free from Negative Beliefs. And the song is The Fight Song by Rachel Platten. And if you would like to listen to the song before you hear the talk, just go ahead and click on the link. It will be down below in the description. So we're going to be talking about the fact that we have the power to change our thinking and our beliefs, that prayer and meditation is the tool that we can use to raise our consciousness so that we get up to the level of Christ consciousness so that we are able to be free from fear and anxiety and feelings of separation. That's the goal, that we're not perfect and that we will have to keep striving to erase all of the error thinking that comes to us. We are going to be talking about overcoming limitations which start in our mind, about claiming your power. So Mastin Kip, uh, the work that he does, we understand that your body and your brain have been affected by emotional trauma. So we will be talking a little bit about emotional trauma and how that affects your belief systems. We will be talking about the fact that the opposite of negative beliefs is faith um, and holding strong to that. We will be talking about scripture, the metaphysical beliefs about being set free. The goal is to be more like God, the highest level of consciousness as we live in our day-to-day -day lives. So the tools are always prayer and meditation. The constant source of power and strength is given to us to be set free. And so the goal is that whenever we feel anxious or afraid or for some reason separate from God, that we remember to instantly go into a place of quiet, even just for a couple of minutes and prayer and ask God for help, and then we will be able to lift it up in consciousness. So before we go any further, let's just go ahead and read the lyrics. So it's the fight song by Rachel Platten, and it says, Like a small boat on the ocean, sending big waves into motion, like how a single word can make a heart open. I might only have one match, but I can make an explosion. And all those things I didn't say, wrecking balls inside my brain, I will scream them loud tonight. Can you hear my voice this time? This is my fight song. Take back my life song. My power's turned on. Starting right now, I'll be strong. I'll play my fight song. And I don't really care if nobody else believes because I've still got a lot of fight left in me. So we're going to be talking about that, the getting the power back, standing up to the ingrained negative beliefs, talking back to those voices inside our head. Um, and the way is always to be connected to God. And that's what gives us our strength. So I studied quite a bit of the readings from the Unity Correspondence School to talk about what their beliefs of setting free is and overcoming. And so they say, in reality, we do not overcome sickness, poverty, sin, and the like, for in spirit, they have no existence. What we overcome primarily are the error beliefs in the human consciousness that have produced these negative conditions. So the metaphysical understanding of what overcome is to correct thoughts that fall short of the divine ideal. And an overcomer is one who recognizes the truth of his being and is renewing his mind and body and affairs by changing his thoughts from the old mortal beliefs to the new as he sees them in divine mind. He demonstrates the divine law, not only in surface life, but in the innermost consciousness. Spiritual power, mastery, and dominion are attained by the overcomer. And we're going to be talking about the fact that this is a process, that you always have the power, that you always have the way to get that source of strength by connecting with God again. So Revelations 3.20 
21 says, He that overcometh, I will give to him to sit down with me at my throne. We have learned that an overcomer has come over into a new state of consciousness. This is the consciousness of truth, and this is the Christ consciousness. The limited and error beliefs that have been built up must be erased. We replace the old with the truth that health, abundance, success, and harmony belong to us now because we're all children of God. We must understand that overcoming is done in our own consciousness. So we need to let go of the old, and we do that with the tools of denial, and then we plant the seeds of the new with affirmations. So Fillmore says, the way of overcoming is first to place oneself by faith in the realization of sonship, and secondly, to demonstrate it fully in every thought and act. One of the laws of mind is that man becomes like that with which he identifies himself. So you want to identify yourself with source, with God, with the Christ-like. That is the perfect pattern that we are trying to become like. When we come over into truth, we find a way to handle the mental causes that have produced inharmonious conditions such as poverty, sickness, anxiety, and fear. We see ourselves as spiritual beings, as the children of God with insight and power to overcome and to negate the negative thinking or the limited thinking. The I am, that divinity that is inside us, is the exact same I am divinity that was inside Jesus, that was inside Christ, and so that's what we're always working towards. What we have to overcome mostly is our wrong beliefs, our belief in separation from God, because we know we're never, ever, ever separated from God from our good. Belief that sickness and poverty and war and inharmony and failure are inevitable. It's kind of like this belief that we're always sitting around waiting for the other shoe to drop when things are going really, really well. We're just waiting for something to go wrong because we have this belief system that says that it's inevitable. And so correcting our error thinking is telling ourselves that that belief system is totally 100% false. The limiting beliefs change as we change our thinking. Every thought must be allowed to grow in the soil of our mind because that way it will produce after its kind. So we're being really careful what seeds we're planting. Changes will only be made when we ourselves overcome the wrong beliefs that are the mental seed for these conditions. No external condition or circumstance can hold man in bondage when he makes mental contact with God. So that's why you need to always go into prayer and the silence to connect yourself with God. I know there are ideas and that when you are hurting, the hurt is real. So you need to start slowly to tell yourself these new beliefs, the old ones have been around for a very long time, to free yourself from undesirable conditions, return in consciousness to the truth. As spiritual beings, we are already free in spirit. Spirit. So we need to deny all the negative beliefs which are holding us back. Isaiah 30, 15 says, In returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. You probably hear me say that almost every week. That's one of my favorite quotes. Say, when we are hurting and overwhelmed, it's time to get quiet, to slow down, to take deep breaths, to remember that God has made you stronger and more resilient and more capable than you ever give yourself credit for. So Friday is my only day off. Um, Friday is my day to do all my writing. So I spend a couple hours every night gathering together all my resources and, and getting my research, but I actually start writing on Friday. So Friday is the day I sit down and actually put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Well, Friday I sat down and my laptop would not turn on. And I tried everything I could. I plugged it into a different power source. I unplugged it and replugged it several times. There are certain combinations of keys that you're supposed to be able to use to get it to boot up. Nothing would happen. 
And I realized I could go into panic and I could be filled with fear and anxiety or I could make a conscious decision. And so what I did was I, I stepped away from the computer and I said, okay, God, I know you are still here. Um, I know that there are other resources. If I have to, I can use my phone. It won't be ideal to be doing all my research and writing on my phone, but if I have to, I will. Um, I can pull out my old laptop, which is really slow as molasses, but if I have to, I will. But basically I acknowledge God, I totally 100% affirm that you are here and that this power has no hold over, this fear has no power over me. I will still be able to get all of my work done. I can move forward and accomplish everything that I've set out for myself. So for me, it's about energy as much as anything else. If my energy gets filled with fear, then the pipes are all clogged up and the beliefs are what create that negative energy. So as you know, I believe that I'm a pipe for God to flow through me. And when I shift back to God and I say, I know you are still here, God, nothing can change that. I know all is well, and I know you want only my best and highest good, and you would do nothing to harm me. Then I get away from the false beliefs, and then the fear and the anxiety don't exist anymore. So what happened was I did that moment of prayer. I got myself away. I came back, swear to God, touched the button and it turned on. So that's a true story. So I want to succeed and get back to truth. And God is here. I relaxed and I let go. And the power came back to me again, literally through the laptop. So Fillmore says that there's lots of biblical direction that tells us that it's very clear that prayer is the means for us to be set free and given the strength to continue to feel the presence of God in our lives. But we have to have the make the choice to ask for the help by going into the silence. It is only in quietness as we listen to the guidance of spirit that we gain strength and wisdom to handle experiences, thus freeing ourselves from bondage in mind and experiences. So I found an article about releasing negative beliefs written by Alana Mbanza, and she referred to a quote that was written by Andre G that says, man cannot discover new oceans unless he has the courage to lose sight of this shore. So we need to replace all of our old ideas with new ones in order to be able to move forward we have to start by letting go of the old negative beliefs may seem like they are about others or life in general usually however they are based on our own perceptions negative beliefs are born from our wounds and our stories and we're going to be talking a little bit later about emotional trauma and those wounds Eventually, every life experience becomes colored by those beliefs. Everything we see, say, and do, and even feel is filtered through these limitations, judgments, patterns, conditionings, and doubt. So many of us hold on to our grievances and emotional scars, she says, with fierce protection. They become like badges of honor. We need to evaluate and release the stories that no longer serve us. We need to assimilate the lessons gained, loosening their ability to control us. The responsibility is on us to connect to our personal power. Give up the beliefs that we are victims, take responsibility for how life unfolds, releasing the mental constructs about how life should be. So we're going to go into a topic that's a little bit heavy, but I think it's really, really beneficial to go through it so that we can come out the other side of it. We're going to be talking a little bit about emotional trauma. So Mastin Kip is this brilliant 
author and speaker and coach, um, and he wrote these books. His first book was called Daily Love, Lessons Learned on a Journey from Crisis to Grace. His second is Daily Love, Growing into Grace, and the most recent one is Claim Your Power, a 40-day journey to dissolve the hidden trauma that's kept you stuck and finally thrive in your life's unique purpose. So in 2005, he started uh, posting quotes of inspiration on MySpace, back in the day when there was MySpace, and on Facebook. Um, he was a manager in the music industry, and he started to get into drugs and alcohol quite a bit. And he kept asking, how did this happen? And he got a lot of answers, and so he wanted to post those answers. So that's what he was sharing. And he says he fell in love with coaching. So he started getting into the trauma conversation. He started asking why when clients couldn't achieve their goals. And what he found out was that everybody has stuff that they've been through that has formed them and how they view the world. So the goal is to end emotional trauma. And it always goes back to releasing the past. So both of his parents were scientists, so he learned a lot about asking questions and just continuing to ask questions until you get the answers. He was always very, very curious. So what he learned was that emotional problems cause social problems between other individuals and yourself. But the fact is you always have to start by healing your own wounds. So trauma, he says, is just a disconnection from safety. It causes anxiety, depression, and an inability to complete your goals. It's a wound. So he started posting quotes, inspiration, ancient wisdom on Facebook, MySpace, and then one of his friends said that he needed to get onto Twitter, and he got onto Twitter, and Kim Kardashian reposted one of his quotes, and he went up to 10,000 followers overnight. And he said, when you're first starting out, you're sort of not really confident and not really sure if you're doing really well. To have it jump to 10,000 followers just made him feel very, very, um, it was a sense of confirmation that he was doing the right thing. So he got very, very excited. And then Oprah reposted one of his tweets and then he was off and running. So he said, now what do I say? Everything must be epic and amazing because Oprah's following him. Um, and then he decided to just keep doing what I'm doing and just be me. So he met Oprah. He was actually on the Oprah show several times. He says she makes you feel really safe and welcome and you can just sit down and have a conversation with her. But then every once in a while it flashes, oh my God, it's Oprah. So that made his career really take off. He talks about addiction and trauma quite a bit. He talks about living a purposeful life. Faith is a very, very big part of his journey. He talks to God a lot. Uh, purpose in life is directly correlated to all of the things that we want. So it's about living a purpose-filled life, and that's about what it is that brings meaning to you. He talks about the higher power, and he wants to be very clear that anybody can have their own higher power. It's just something larger than yourself that helps you to get out of yourself. It's belonging to something larger than yourself. You need the support the most when you want to push it away the most is one of the things that he continues to talk about. So when we're in a state of fear and anxiety and we're not doing well at all is when we shut down and close off. But that's actually when we need the help the most. That's actually when we need to reach out the most. So at this point, he's got over 10,000 hours working with clients. So he works with clients individually. He also does seminars and he also does research. And so he doesn't have degrees. And people have said to him, you don't have any degrees what qualifies you to do this work. And he says, it's just the consent of the client. But the fact that I've got over 10,000 hours banked of doing all this work leads me to be pretty much of an expert in this. So he does what's called functional life coaching. What happened in the past that's preventing you from moving forward? Constantly asking the question, why? 
So he relies on the theory, uh, the attachment theory by John Bowlesby, who says, we do as we have been done by. So, you know, in the, in the scripture, it says over and over again, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But he says that as children, what has been done to us is what we hold on to and what we learn from. The behavior then causes the thoughts that we are thinking. The beliefs, he says, are not just of the mind. Our bodies hold the neural expectancy about what something means. So we get into place um, where there's been emotional trauma, where we react in certain ways because our body holds on to that information. There's lots and lots of science about this. I would leave some links uh, below that you can read about this more. Emotional trauma is not just physical trauma. So people say, well, if you haven't been physically abused, it's not that big a deal. But he says it absolutely is a really, really big deal. Emotional trauma can be either acute or chronic. So when I look out into the world, he says, I see people who are really hurting. And again, the reason we're talking about this is because we're talking about releasing negative beliefs. And I want you to understand that sometimes those negative beliefs have been held in your body and stored over a very, very long period of time. So I'm not saying you just snap your fingers and go into prayer and everything's going to be all right. What I'm saying is there are tools that you can use so that you can get healed of this emotional trauma so that you can get into a place where your slate is clean. So emotional trauma has symptoms such as anxiety, depression, PTSD, insomnia, shame, anger, fear, procrastination, inability to achieve goals, self-doubt, and suicidal ideation. So he says that he experienced emotional trauma. Uh, both of his parents were very well-educated, loving people, but his dad had PTSD from being in the Vietnam War, and his mom had a broken back. And so her life all revolved around trying to get through intense amounts of chronic pain and so he was basically neglected for a very long time so he talks about chronic trauma which is chronic neglect which is what he has abuse chronic illness and pain addiction isolation and separation divorce incarcerated household member household mental illness denial of traumatic events and socially traumatizing events it's not about what's wrong with about the person it's about what happened to the person so emotional trauma is the explanation. It's not the excuse. It's just what you need to resolve so that you can move on with your life. You know, we've heard that quote all the time, hurt people hurt people. So when you're a hurting person, you tend to hurt other people. Trauma is healed through having safe relationships. So there, there are free phrases of trauma healing. The first is the denying of the emotional trauma needs to move into the acknowledging of the emotional trauma, transcending emotional trauma, and then you get to a place where you're able to say, that's something that happened to me me, that's not who I am. So start by sharing and then ask other people what happened to you and then, oh my God, that happened to me. And that empathy that is created between the two of you is what does the healing and promotes the change. Oprah has said in a different, uh, on a different conversation, if you're not talking about trauma, you're talking about the wrong thing. So trauma is just a wound that has made you feel like you're not safe anymore. So 12-step recovery is a huge big part of his healing, and that's because you're creating safe relationships in 12-step recovery. Ask, how did you get the wound? How did you tend to the wound? Are you willing to look at it and realize that you are safe now? So creating safe relationship is where all of the healing comes.
So Growing Into Grace, the first book, he said when he released it, he was actually in a really bad place. He was down and out and he did not believe himself. But in the middle of wanting to give up, he said he got this new reality. He said, you can start to see that everything that's happening to you has an answer. When things are going wrong, they actually may be going right for the very first time. So he says, change the question. It is not about why me. It's about what am I learning right now? And it's all about trying to teach you something. So believe when all of the odds are against me, even in the chaos and frustration, make a conscious decision to choose hope, gratitude, and that something good is coming. Take baby steps, one decision once a day from that point on. He said that was the most transformative decision that he still makes every single day of his life to choose to believe in hope and gratitude and that something good is coming. He said, literally, making that decision changed my life. He said, ask yourself always, if there is a lesson in this, what would it be? So we're going to move into scripture. We're going to talk about biblical references to being set free because they're all over the place. Um, Psalm 142.7 says, set me free from my prison that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. So um, you have to remember back in those days, the biblical freedom was about oppression from slavery, being free physically as well as mentally. The prison metaphors for is for the sense of being chained, slaves oppressed, and now free to roam unconfined by threats or danger. Now we know that freedom is about the change, uh, the chains that are in our mind that we need to break free of, the false beliefs that are oppressing us and holding us back. So John 8.32 says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Back in the days of the Bible, the truth was meant to represent Christianity, God, or Jesus, which will set you free from worldly impediments such as sin, misery, or ignorance. Now we know that the, the what we need to be set free from is anxiety, depression, and feelings of separation as much as those other things. So Acts 13.39 says, through him everyone who believes is set free from sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the laws of Moses. So remember, set free from sin means set free from error thinking, missing the mark, and being out of alignment with the truth. So Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. So it always comes back to love. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Psalm 118.5 says, Out of my distress I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. When we pray and get quiet, we get back in alignment. We raise our consciousness. We are free from anxiety and fear and emotional pain. So we need to be set free from the negative beliefs, and this is a daily challenge. Real life happens. So the belief system that we need to hang on to says, I believe God wants only my best and highest good. More importantly, I refuse to give in to those negative beliefs that say that I'm a failure. I've been struggling with this concept of being in a higher conscious versus the reality of living in daily life. So I've talked about this many times when I was a kid. I got these really, really bad headaches and my mother would always say to me, oh, it's all in your head. And I never understood this because there's this constant 
dichotomy between real life, like the pain was real. I was really, really suffering. I was throwing up. They lasted for days. There were times later on that I ended up in the hospital because I was in so much pain. So the pain is real. I was living in daily life, but she was telling me it was all in my head. And what I've come to understand is this all in your head, this consciousness, the thoughts, the belief systems that she was talking about, the belief systems are all in our head, but it's a consciousness that we have to strive to be in this higher consciousness. So when we are in the highest consciousness, we are able to be free from anxiety and pain and all of this, but in our normal daily lives, we're not 100% in that place. And so we're still going to get pain and things are still going to be getting wrong, going wrong. So Jesus was in the highest consciousness 100% of the time he was on that God level, able to overcome all obstacles. So we go through daily struggles, illness, anxiety, and depression, because we're never 100% in the God level of consciousness. Getting to 100% God consciousness is the goal that we strive for, but we will reach for it all of our lives. We have to try to live in this high state of consciousness and be more filled with the Spirit of God. And it takes time and it takes patience. We need to choose to shift our consciousness at any time, but we will still have to work at it. So like when the laptop went down and I couldn't turn it on, I had to make a conscious decision. I know you're still here, God, and I needed to do everything I needed to do so that I could get to the place where fear and anxiety no longer had power over me. But it's a conscious decision and something that takes practice. It's a process. We don't achieve it and just stay there 100% of the time. The highest level of consciousness, being free from the false negative belief systems, probably don't live there all the time, but it is the goal. It's like perfection. We're never going to be perfect. So Jesus, 100% of the time, was to be there. Christ consciousness, 100% of the time. We're not going to be there because we're human, but we can still go have that as a goal. It always comes back to prayer and meditation as a means for raising our consciousness. We have the ability to choose to be in alignment by aligning ourselves as often as humanly possible with the God who lives inside us. And so it is. Remember, the power is always in you. It always has been, and it always will be. Thank you so very much.